Here's your host, Dr. Joe. Hey, hey, everybody. Good morning and welcome to all kinds of people on WMUN, the talk of Muncie. You know, only a handful of Indiana high school coaches in any sport have reached more than 1,000 career wins. Steve Shondell of Muncie Burris Volleyball, Ken Schreiber of LaPorte Baseball, Rick Miller of Floyd Central Tennis, and Rex Peckinpah of Newcastle Wrestling are all in the 1,000 Victory Club. And I'm happy today to have sitting across from me, Tim Cleland, who's the Delta girls and boys tennis coach. And Tim has reached 1,100 plus wins and is the only active coach with such. And Tim, thanks for getting off the court for a minute and coming down to Wolf Boom Radio. You're welcome, Dr. Joe. Thanks for having me. And congrats on joining that group yeah. uh, and still being active. Thank you. Um, important, I think. It is. It's um, yeah, it's been a joy, that's for sure. It's um, you know, I'm very passionate about uh, tennis and working with young kids, and so uh, how those victories accumulated and piled up over the years, who knows? But uh, it, it has been uh, a joy, that's for sure. I find it interesting um, going back to your days in Columbus, Indiana. Uh, Dad, Dave, and Mom, Jenny, and you were the youngest of four boys. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of curious if you could share with the audience some of those times with the four of you running around, and did they all branch off into different sports or do different things? And Yeah, it was an adventure. The, my my mother, um, you know, had four sons, only five years apart uh, from us though and I was the youngest so that paints a um, little different picture thank you (laughs) Um, I was the youngest and and so therefore you get those uh, you get those lessons from the from the the bigger kids and uh, you being the baby yes uh, it it does toughen you up just a little bit and uh, we were all into sports yes and mostly baseball back in the day okay Um, and uh, they have all gone in different directions my Oldest brother has been a, a treasurer of the school corporation in uh, the Columbus area for um, years and years and years. My second oldest brother was fire chief and fire battalion chief in Columbus, Indiana. And then my the brother closest in age to me has been an urban planner in uh, Pensacola, Florida for lots and lots oh, of years. Okay. So we've all gone on to very different careers. Yeah. And mom and dad had very interesting careers. Mm-hmm. And. Um, when we get to the next half of the show, I'm going to ask a little bit more about that. But you are kind of involved in cranking out a lot of words in yes. a potential book about mom and dad. Yes, I've been, uh, for the last 18 months, I've been working on a, a book on my parents. And and um, it's a fascinating story. So um, are you wanting to cover that right now? Or? No, we'll get okay. back to that. We'll get back to that. Okay. I'm quite fascinated by yeah. that. Um, yeah. So 
Off to um, your high school days, mm-hmm. um, played a lot of tennis? I did, but my first sport, uh, my main sport was baseball. Baseball, uh, Growing Great. up. Um, and I played a lot of different sports. I was not a big, uh, strong kid by any means, and so uh, I had you know, good hand-eye coordination, but yeah. my father was involved in, in baseball and baseball coaching, and uh, so uh, I grew up uh, playing playing baseball primarily. I switched to tennis, uh, not just switch, but I added tennis uh, when I was about 15 years old when our very small high school, Hauser High School, 350 students in the, the Columbus area built tennis courts when, my, when I was a freshman in high school. Okay. And so... It's the same concept, you know, hitting a ball with a stick. And so uh, <laughs> I was able to uh, make that transition pretty quickly. I like quickly. that as a coach. You're just hitting a ball with a stick. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just make sure it gets over the net. Thank That's you. correct, that yeah. That becomes very important. Yeah. Um, a Whitinger Scholar at Ball yeah. State University. Mm-hmm. Um, and then drifted off into sports journalism and writing mm-hmm. for the good old Muncie Star Press back in the day. Yeah, it was the Muncie Evening Press uh, uh, in the early 1980s. Um, of course, I worked at the Ball State Daily News uh, throughout college, and then uh, I had an opportunity one day. The the advisor at the Ball State Daily News said that the Muncie Evening Press was looking for stringers uh, for covering high school sports on the weekend, and just kind of threw that opportunity out. Um, you know, I tell the kids frequently now that you know sometimes opportunities come up and. You know, maybe just a throwaway sentence, and, and you know, but if you don't take advantage of it, my, my whole life would be entirely different if, if I hadn't taken that opportunity working games with the, the evening press um, and on the weekends because it just one thing led to another, led to another, led to another. And yeah, yeah. the only reason I'm coaching tennis for my entire life is because I covered a high school tennis match when I was working at the Muncie Evening Press. Met a person that I started playing tennis with. And eventually that led to, wait a minute, there's an opening at Delta. And I took it as a one-year gig. Back <laughs> in 1990. In 1989, yeah. 1989, a right. one-year gig that turned into, you know, I'm starting my 61st season right now. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. It's just fascinating to me. That, yeah. Um, we're talking with Tim Cleland, by the way, the coach of Delta women's and boys tennis and also faculty member at Delta. Mm-hmm. Um, what What's your favorite topics to teach? Well, I teach um, journalism and communications, so I teach uh, newspaper, yearbook, and television news, and uh, I enjoy them all, but uh, I like teaching the the fundamentals of journalism in, in journalism newspaper. The basic uh, old reporting stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we, we write mostly feature stories these days uh, for our Eagle's Eye magazine is online, um, and um, you know, so just developing a feature story, finding an angle, uh, you know, really getting an in-depth interview and and sourcing it out well and then trying to piece it all together into an interesting read is what I like doing because I think the kids uh, learn a lot from that, meet a lot of people, and learn the how to, you know, quilt a story together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, exactly. You know. Tim, do you find um, with some of the change in digital media – that the whole concept of newspapers and magazines are facing a challenge. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. There's, um, it's, it's a different world. It's certainly a different world than what you and I grew up in. And um, in some ways, there's so much information that. Uh, but it's ironic that 
none of us seem to know what's going on, even though there's information overload <laughs> and yeah. everywhere. And uh, so it's difficult uh, to, from a coaching standpoint, it's difficult to to get messaging out that everybody hears and responds to. But for the kids in the class, it is it is different. They'll spend uh, quite a bit of time working on something, and then and then there's always a question: Well, did anybody notice? Did anybody uh, see it? Whereas in the old days. You know, if the, if you wrote a story for the newspaper, everybody saw it on the front page and and um, you know commented on it and so forth. I think a lot of things, you know, just don't get just get cursory attention yeah, uh, yeah, from exactly. the public, and that's kind of a shame because we've told some very very good stories this year, very interesting stories, and it's just a shame when you know not everybody gets to share in that. But I always think that the world is you know in color <laughs> when uh, when you're when you're aware of all the things that are going on, going on. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really a black and white, black and white world when you pay 10 seconds of attention to something that's fairly significant, you know, so yeah, I, I kind of feel sorry for people to tell you the truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, as you mentioned, when a student really writes a good feature story of some kind and focuses on somebody's life or accomplishments, mm-hmm. and maybe it gets posted on social media mm-hmm. or in the magazine mm-hmm. that you put out. Um, driving people to that source becomes even more challenging nowadays. It is, and you, you can just wear yourself out just trying to figure yeah. out how to do that. And, totally. Uh, we had a girl, there's a girl at Delta who had um, cancer, and, you know, she told her story, and it was fascinating. And it's just, I, you just hope that people appreciate it and see it because it's, it, it teaches so much about how you can live your life too and be appreciative of yeah, and overcome that some of the challenges oh, that yeah. we face yeah, with those stories mm-hmm. yeah we're with tim cleland everybody um talking about uh, his earlier days with um three other brothers and a mom and dad and when we come back we're going to talk a little bit about his tennis life at delta and his players and his championships uh, so stay with us uh, more with tim cleland when we come back to all kinds of people This is WMUN's All Kinds of People with Dr. Joe. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to All Kinds of People. I'm with Tim Cleland, the women's and men's boys and girls slash tennis coach at Delta. Tim, this is a side note, but I saw on the information that you spent at least 20 years as a scoreboard operator (laughs) for football and boys basketball. And What's that all about? You just like to push buttons and <laughs> Yes. Uh, well, it's sort of like being a Supreme Court justice. You're in it for life uh, once you decide to start. <laughs> and uh, But it has been enjoyable. It's a front row seat. You know, when I was a sports writer for all those years, I had a front row seat to some amazing games all over the place. And this keeps me in touch with uh, uh, the local yeah, sporting yeah. scene from a great seat right right on the front row. So Okay. I didn't mean to divert. I, had to, I sort of jumped on that one thinking, okay, you, he spends his days teaching, and then he spends his evenings coaching. And yeah. scoreboard operator, what is that all right, about? Right. So it's, most recently, the 2022 girls team hit to the Final Four. How did that feel? I mean, yeah, that was last year, and uh, that was great. It's just uh, you know you catch some breaks along the way, and you win a couple big matches, and and uh, we put it together. So and then this year we're back in the Final Eight. Uh, we play at Carmel uh, soon, and um, so it's been a quite a run. 
As a coach, when you show up for a match, how do you mentally have a sense of who's really ready and who's not ready? Amazingly, you can see it in the eyes and in the, the way that they uh, get ready for the match. And it's hard to put, um, it's hard to explain, but when you've coached as long as I have, you get a good sense whether the kids are locked in and ready to go or whether they're afraid. Do you, um, do you find yourself watching them during warm-ups and maybe making a change once in a while? Well, you try to push the right buttons. That's part of coaching is a lot of psychology. And, um, you know, so we've, we've spent, we spend time trying to help them understand with, with things such as, you know, this is an opportunity, not a threat. Uh, you know, play with courage. Courage is a, um, is a decision. Fear is a reaction. You know, things like that where you're trying to help people understand uh, the, the mental aspect of the game. Most of sports is played on that six inches between your ears. And as Bobby Jones, the great golfer, said back in the day. And, um, and so that's what you're trying to do is just get people in the right mindset. Um, physically, we're often a little disadvantaged when we go into some of the biggest matches because um, w w most of our kids have not been training since they were fetuses. Okay. <laughs> you know, okay. for, for no, tennis. That's an important point. And uh, so we try to make up that difference with uh, uh, the mental aspect of sports. And that's really my specialty if 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 um you know i would say and that i got that from my dad yeah you know, just being playing smart okay and and i also wonder within the framework of tennis in particular is there a recruiting season or is it just the people that live in the area are going to yeah. come to delta so you've got to find them out yeah no you can't recruit and yeah. and, and uh, i don't in any way shape or form so it's um but for the vast vast majority of our players over the years they've been kids that grew up in our district and occasionally someone will move in from uh, a nearby district but if they do that they usually move in their junior high you know years and they're okay. still part of it okay. um, but rarely do we have move-ins it's mostly kids that grew up in our area okay and you've been president of the Indiana High School Tennis Coaches Association since 1999 yeah what have been some changes do you think overall with tennis and and by the way the onslaught of this little thing called pickleball on the side but yeah <laughs> um, well we've uh, we've expanded the uh, the state finals from four teams to eight teams um, we have uh, done a lot of work in terms of uh, how we recognize uh, kids with the organization of our district meetings and so forth um, we've allowed coaching uh, that's been a big change we've allowed coaching in the uh, during the competition instead of just at the changeovers. So now okay. it's more like college okay. where you can coach between points now. And we're looking, our next big thing that we're looking into is a multi-class uh, uh, for individual sports, which is probably coming down the road. Uh, okay. And I've also made a note of the thing, I'm quite fascinated by the smash cancer yes. that you got really behind. Yeah. Um, Maybe share some information. Yeah, about we're really Smash proud of cancer. that. Um, Smash Cancer started about uh, 11 or 12 years ago. It's a match between Delta and Yorktown, in which uh, uh, we um, honor the very the different kinds of cancer and have multicolored uh, uh, shirts and that the kids wear. We've raised uh, over ninety thousand dollars now in the for local cancer beneficiaries, and it's just something that. Um, you know, when you think about it, it's just a humble tennis match between <laughs> Yorktown and Delta girls. and to, But for a purpose. To turn that a, a into a bigger purpose. purpose. And that's what we're trying to teach all the time to the kids is, you know, the life lessons. And you want the kids to care about other people around them. And um, so we're blessed to be able to play this silly game. And 
So let's use it for good. And and maybe a little bit about the Chick-fil-A leadership? Chick-fil-A Leaders is a, is a group that I um, um, sponsor at school too, and uh, we we learn leadership skills and then we do an impact project. So just the other day we did a, a senior citizens prom at the Albany Health and Rehab Center and uh, where the kids dressed up in poodle skirts and 50s and 60s outfits and played uh, <laughs> music from the 50s and 60s. And it, it was so, so fun. And uh, the, the residents had a great time taking a trip down memory lane. So we had a 16-year-olds talking to a couple of women who were 100. And uh, as I pointed out to the our kids afterwards, when, when our kids are 100 in the nursing home, the year will be 2107. And, uh, and then if you want your mind blown, I told them, I said, uh, that 16-year-old that'll be speaking to you when you're 100 in the nursing home, their great-grandparents have not been born yet. Okay. At that point, their mind exploded. Giving them exploded. a little perspective. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking with Tim Cleland, everybody. And Tim, um, um, I'm aware of the fact, because you shared it, that you're at a 50,000 words plus point with a book mm-hmm. um, that's focusing on mom and dad. Yes. What are some of the elements that have triggered you to put your journalism skills to work about mom and dad? Well, my parents are uh, 86 and 84, and um, they've they've lived an, an amazing life. And, you know, I, I have always enjoyed writing and reporting. And, and so a couple of some couple of Christmases ago, you know, it's hard to shop for folks who are in their mid-80s and have everything they need, right? And uh, so I said, I'm going to write a book. And so I spent six months uh, interviewing them on Sunday nights, um, usually over the phone for a couple hours each Sunday night, gathering information. And I've been uh, putting it together. My problem is my schedule's ridiculously full, and so it's hard to stay focused on it. But maybe a little time off the court. Coach. Yeah, just, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just. <laughs> but it's been great. My the interesting thing they both they're each other's one and only boyfriend girlfriend, and um, they have had um, s- over sixty five years of marriage, and they grew up poor. And my dad's father was an alcoholic, and he my dad grew up without indoor plumbing and that type of thing in the early days he was not able to play sports in high school or anything else um, partly because of money and partly because of not enough skill he went to columbus high school which was a large school and at the same time he's he just recently was inducted into a softball hall of fame he's been a very successful uh, coach and athlete in all kinds of different sports for years and years and uh I mean, both have good careers. They oh, both yeah. retired early. Both retired at age 48 from Cummins Engine Company, and okay. they've now lived uh, as long. They've lived longer in retirement than they did uh, as work. I know. I'm just working. fascinated by that aspect of that story. So it's it's been a very, very fun book to to write. They've had a charmed life, to tell you the truth. And so we wanted to get it all down while we still could. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good luck with that as yeah. you move forward. I. I brought a tennis ball into the studio just mm-hmm. in honor of Tim, but when you're not on that court, which is not a lot of time away from the court, what do you do? Yeah, I like to travel. Um, I have been to most every state except for the, the two Dakotas and Hawaii and Alaska. Okay, but so, they're, they're on your list. Yeah, yeah. they are on my okay. list. And so <laughs> this summer I'll be going back to Vermont and, and uh, New York, so I like to do that. Um, uh, I like true crime. I like to watch uh, Dateline and true crime shows. It just makes me uh, try to solve the crime. And other than that, I'm pretty much committed to, to, to coaching. That's yeah, to coaching the team. <laughs> yeah. um, any plans down the future with this team, you think? 
um, in terms of how well I intend to yeah, coach. Just, Is that the question? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah they're going to carry me out in the pine box. There's no question about that. I, I have no, uh, no intentions of stepping uh, down until uh, they push me out the door. So. I think that's good for the Delta tennis girls and boys teams. And, Tim, I want to thank you again for coming down to Whoopoo and all kinds of people. We've been with Tim Cleland, um, the, the only active 1,000-coach winner in the state of Indiana, um, putting together 33 seasons with the boys' tennis team and 27 seasons with the girls' tennis team at Delta High School. Join us again next week, everybody, on WMUN, the Talk of Muncie for all kinds of people. Have a good week. It's Dr. Joe saying goodbye.